Welcome to day 32 of Shaped by the Word, the drama of Scripture, and we have certainly entered into uh, one family's drama uh, as twins born you know, within Rebecca. Uh, after a long period of not being able to have children contend with each other in the womb, and seems like contend with each other every day out of the womb, uh, Jacob has deceived Esau or manipulated Esau out of both the birthright and the final blessing. And uh, so we uh, continue. We, we got a little uh, carried away yesterday, and we read part of today's reading uh, today, so we're going to read it again. We start in, uh, chapter, f- in uh, chapter 27, verse 42, and read through uh, all of 28 and pick up the story there. But before we do, let's uh, offer ourselves in this moment you know, to the Lord, which is so important when we come to Scripture. We, we come here um, not simply to... Uh, mark off a few boxes that we've gone through, you know, kind of our our daily practices. But we come here to meet God, to be formed by God, and to have our affections stirred toward Him. So, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up yeah. in prayer? Father, we thank you for uh, this time in Your Word. Um, these are passages, Father, that do speak of lots of brokenness and dysfunction, Father, and, and full of deceit and. And we know that uh, your story is is not a story that's um, full of perfect people, Father. These are broken people, and yet we know that you are um, beyond and bigger than all of this, and that you have provided hope in the midst of this, Father. So thank you that we can read this and know, Father, that you are the one who brings hope and healing and makes all things um, altogether right. And we thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Genesis 27, verse 42. When Rebekah was told that her older son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, Your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word to you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life will surely not be worth living. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. Then he commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Potamaran, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take the possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Potom Aram, to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Aramean, brother of Rebekah, who was the mother of Jacob and Esau. Esau learned that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to Potom Haram to take a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he commanded him, Do not marry a Canaanite woman, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Potom Haram. Esau then realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac, so he went to Ishmael and married Mahalah, the daughter of Nebaioth, and the daughter of Ishmael, the son of Abraham, in addition to the wives he already had. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. 
He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Their descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head, and he set it up as a pillar, and he poured oil on the top of it. He called the place Bethel, although the city used to be called Luz. And Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God, and his stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. <clears throat> we have a dramatic you know, vision of heaven, and of course it takes us back you know, in our story so far you know, to uh, city of Babel. And, uh, Babel means two things. It can mean confusion, depending on where you put the accent, or it can mean the gate of God. Uh, but this is exactly what you know, people in uh, Babel were trying to do. Uh, we're trying to build a tower in which God would ascend and descend on them, and they would know the presence of God. Here Jacob is in the middle of nowhere laying on a stone, and he has a vision uh, of God uh, interacting deeply in creation, that he has evolved, ascending and descending, angels descending and descending. And, of course, there's an image that will come up a little bit later in the story. Uh, Jesus will say in the first you know, chapter of John that one day you will see this you know, happening to the Son of Man, the angels of God ascending and descending on him. And, and of course, you also have that image, you know, when he's in the garden. So this is a this is an image of what people tried to achieve in Babel on their own, but what God has always designed for us, that uh, that heaven and earth should be joined together uh, in, a, in a holy fellowship with him, where he communes with everything that is created. So it's an interesting story. Mm -hmm. uh, you still see, you know, Cindy, what you pointed out, you know, yeah. uh, you know, in yesterday's podcast, a very impersonal relationship with God. You know, God has met him in a grand way, and he doesn't say, I've seen the glory of the Lord, and he will forever be my God. So, God, if you really can, keep all your promises, and if I get food, and if I get clothes, and if I, you know, come back safely, and Esau doesn't kill me, then I'll give you a tenth of what I have, and, and maybe you can be my God. And, of course, that's not the kind of response, you know, that we want. So what are some of the things that, you know, stand out in the passage? As if I didn't give them all in those four sentences. <laughs> well, let us pray. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the John 1 story, I, I always love that. And I think it's especially striking when, you know, here you have Jacob being the man who whose name means he deceives. And when he talks to Nathaniel and tells him, you know, hey, you're going to see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He says, Nathaniel, surely a man, you know, in whom there's no deceit. And so I just can't help but picture that in that moment. Oh, that is, yeah, that is a kind of a nice, mm -hmm. uh, that, is a, <laughs> that is a nice touch yeah. because yeah. he promises a man in whom there is no deceit that he will see, you know, the very thing that, you know, Jacob, the man, the man who's full of deceit. Of deceit. <laughs> yeah. 
Just a little Nino bit. Has, Nino has seen. Mm-hmm. Nice touch, Matt. Good connection. <laughs> Seemed to me in verse 13. Be very careful to be up to Matt's standard here. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> just be a cap. Shaking in fear. Um, in verse 13, it seemed like that was the first time that it, it almost seemed like an introduction to me. Like the Lord was saying, I am the Lord the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. So it almost felt like to me that this was a first introduction that um, Jacob would have you know, to the Lord, which obviously um, was impactful, but clearly was not there all during his life. No. It seems to kind of continue uh, to come, yeah. come out. There's no doubt that this, this is all you know, kind of third person. Mm-hmm. And I'm the God of your grandfather mm-hmm. and the God of your father. And I will keep the promises that I have made, you know, to you know, to your grandfather, and uh, you know, Jacob, you know, responds, you know, just the way, you know, just like you would. Okay, you know, if you you prove to be good to me, I guess you can be my God, and uh, I will give you a tenth. Well, I think there would have to be some sort of of wrestling with: Did I wrongfully steal the blessing, and I actually didn't steal it? You know, because we at, to this point we haven't actually seen the Lord right. show up and affirm or confirm or mm-hmm. or even speak into anything. We're, we're seeing all these blessings pronounced, right. and 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 yet Jacob leaves, you know, the this land, and he leaves his family, and I mean, just you, his deceitfulness and I mean, all of it. And we're kind of, I'm sure, in the back of his mind, he's wondering what. What what's going on? What what's happening? And and so for the Lord to show up in this way, you know, would have been a significant moment in that. Whether it's the jump start of a, of a relationship there, or you know, a confirmation or mm-hmm. a continuation, you know, it's this is a significant moment in the life of Jacob. And um, you're going to have to, you know, they're kind of bookends. We're getting a little bit ahead of the story, but as he leaves the land, there's a great vision of God, and as he returns to the land, uh, there'll be a you know a great you know vision of God. Uh, which actually will be a, a bit of a wrestling match, mm. uh, you know, which will you know kind of show the tension that has been developing all along. That you know, uh, that Jacob has not been an easy you know relationship with his brother. He's not been an easy relationship you know with Laban. He's not been, uh, and I'm getting way ahead, an easy relationship you know with either one of his wives. Nor has he been an easy relationship with God, and he's you know, contending with God and yet, you know, as yet, you know, prevailed. So it is going to be, you know, kind of a rough relationship all the way, but sustained by this vision and sustained by this promise. And of course, God's, you know, final word to him is, and I'm not going to leave you until mm-hmm. every bit of this has come true, mm-hmm. you know, for you. And even in light of those wonderful promises that we read kind of in verses 10 through through 15, and especially, yeah, I, I will, I'll be with you. I'm not going to leave you. And then even still, Jacob is still kind of, you know, this is this this covenant God here. And then Jacob's kind of responding to this this covenant God with a little bit of a contract, you know, of like, well, that's cool. But if you do these things and, and then maybe I'll kind of, and man, don't we also do that as well? We've received these wonderful covenant blessings in Christ and, and we're still a little contractual with God. Of that, That's great. Those blessings are wonderful. But I, I'm still going to need you to do these things for me in order for me to really be devoted to you and so i see so much of myself and in jacob here no, uh, we, just kind of interacting with god of i i want these things from you as well that those great promises are cool but I also want these like temporal things and kind of you know not we have a god things. who's you know pledged himself to us in unconditional love and our our response back to him is conditional as long as those things are going well for me mm-hmm. i'll love you and honor you as soon as things turn a little bit bad i'll curse you and turn away from you and, and of course you have a, a faithful covenant partner 
you know, in God who is moving heaven and earth in difficult circumstances in light of the character of the people that he is working with in order to fulfill his promises. And, of course, you always have unfaithful covenant partners, and uh, you will have the one true covenant partner, you know, come out of, you know, the, this line, uh, you know, of Jacob and Isaac and of, of Abraham, mm-hmm. and that'll be uh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. He is the one who has responded to God you know, in the same kind of covenant faithfulness that God has, you know, given given us, and He completes, you know, the covenant, the covenant for us. So, in the meantime, we're scoundrels, much like Jacob and Esau, mm-hmm. or even Abraham, or even you know, they're, they're hardly they're and very few characters that come away unscathed. Yeah, but what's remarkable is God continues to be the covenant-keeping God who continues to pledge Himself to us. Yeah. He shows up, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you, and he kind of repeats those promises, but then he goes on to say, you know, and I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. You know, and again, just that, that binding um, of the Lord to us, uh, undeserving. <laughs> I mean, if anything up to this point, it would say not even just undeserving. I mean, no chance Jacob should get this treatment yeah. except for the mm-hmm. fact that God continues to keep his promise and he's faithful. Yep. And you see that, you know, both the, you know, the blessing of uh, a creation, you know, to be fruitful and multiply, you'll know, spread to the north and the south and the east and the west, a different uh, word order, you know, there. And you see that, you know, the fulfillment of Abraham, that all the nations mm-hmm. of the earth uh, will be, all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you mm-hmm. and your offspring. And, of course, we know the word offspring can be either singular or plural, and Paul's going to say it's definitely singular. Mm-hmm. Um the one we, the one that we were blessed through. Mm-hmm. You know, Bethel too becomes kind of a marker right now. But Bethel means house of God, and it becomes mm-hmm. a, a kind of a key, significant mm-hmm. place. But eventually, when we read, we'll run into it in the storyline of Scripture, and it will become no longer a place of God, a house of God, but really a house of idols. And you'll watch just how God's people have turned their worship from, from yeah. Him to other things. Mm-hmm. And, and there's kind of an interesting thing that happens. You know, that comes a little bit later in the story as he. Uh, you know, the worship that he's offering is kind of a pagan or Canaanite worship, setting up a sacred stone. And uh, when you get into the book of Deuteronomy, and, and I know that's a little bit down the way, this is going to be strictly forbidden. Do not set up for yourselves, you know, sacred stones. Mm-hmm. And the pattern that Abraham set uh, when he went honor God was not a pattern of sacred stones, but building an altar. And, and later, and, and you'll see some maturity along the way with Jacob later, he'll return to the same place, and he will indeed and uh, build an altar in it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, fun stuff all the way through. And we've come to the end of our time with you today. And so, Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a covenant-keeping God. We thank you that you um, continue to remain faithful to us even um, when we're so unfaithful to you father we thank you for the grace that we have in christ jesus and and the reminder that as we read your word in 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 genesis as we see you continuing to to keep your promises and um, continue to drive the story forward that we're reminded that this leads us to jesus and and so father would you continue to anchor um, our hearts in him Uh, keep us near father thank you that we are yours that we are your children uh, that we have all the access in the world to you um, because of what Christ has done. Uh, May we freely enter into that uh, this week. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.